hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. Time for some fantasy football. Good to have you on board today. And uh, got uh, more football tonight. You got Jacksonville Jaguars uh, this evening getting after it. And uh, you know I'm a Jaguars fan and uh, have been. Uh, I love Doug Peterson, what he's done, and the way he was able to turn it around after the uh, dismal failure that was Urban Myers. So you got that, that game coming up on the docket tonight, which uh, hopefully is a good game when it comes to uh, the Thursday night game. So I'm looking forward to that. And the Saints are hosting them down in the Big Easy to talk more about fantasy football. Our buddy Paul Charging is here. Charge, how you been, pal? Uh, I've been great. Hi, nice to talk to you. you know, I'll tell you exactly how good I've been. And look, I don't want to brag, Bill, but earlier today, yes, I got up out of a chair without groaning. You the man. That's right. Baby. I was waiting. Now, if you could do it, now, getting off the toilet, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Good for you, man. Good yeah, for feel you. pretty proud of myself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. I, I will say this, and before we get into fantasy, you left a wake of wonderment last week. Do you know that? No. When you started out, and I said, "How you doing?" And you said, "I'm feeling virile." Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And the first, my first thought was, oh, my God, maybe Roxy's pregnant. And that wasn't the case. <laughs> and then you never expounded upon it. And people were like, the live stream went crazy. What does he mean? Does he mean he just have sex? Did he go and work out? Where did he did he take a run? Where did he go? I mean, the, the vast array of just guessing was amazing. <laughs> of all of the, I'm feeling virile, drop the uh, bomb and I will walk away. That was pretty awesome last week. So good thank stuff. you. I, look, it's just some of us, some of us got it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I look. I don't think people need details or even want the details, but just rest assured, still the case this week. Still the Nothing case. Nothing has changed. It's still in fact, good. it's it's actually gone awesome. up. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's even better. Maybe you're doing like testosterone replacement or something. You think I'm taking a that? cast? Hell no. I don't know. I'm just trying to take guesses. I know what I've been through in my life, for God's sakes. I'm trying to just think that you've got to yeah, be better off than it. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, so you've got uh, right now a bevy of injuries all throughout the league. You've got quarterbacks yeah, that are questionable. Real. You've got players mm-hmm. and running backs and star players that are down, and it's just been a rash. And so right now, uh, with all of the quarterbacks, the injuries and such, uh, who are you looking at maybe on that wire or maybe a sleeper that might be out there for you to pick up? Yeah, if you need a quarterback. Now, running back's its own, a whole other thing of its own, and that's a disaster, too. But now the quarterbacks have gotten into the act, Bill, and we've got a, a quarterback problem, including tonight, where Trevor Lawrence is somebody we normally would want to start. But, you know, we don't know for sure if he's going to play. Um, you know, he's got any injury. We, we hope he goes. Otherwise, it's C.J. Beathard. And the concern might be, you know, potentially, you know, relapsing on that or has, you know, aggravation of the injury. But, the one guy, I think the backup quarterback that you could turn to it in a pinch, six teams on by this week. So it magnifies everything. You got six teams on by. You got all these quarterback injuries. If I got to go with a backup quarterback, I'm taking Tyrod Taylor from the Giants because mm. of the matchup with the Commanders. This is a really struggling secondary. Commanders have allowed multiple touchdowns to every quarterback except, except Josh Dobbs in the opening week. And that includes third-tier passers like Desmond Ritter, Justin Fields, and those guys the last two weeks combined for six touchdown passes against Washington. The kicker for Taylor, he's super mobile. Commanders have allowed the second-most quarterback rushing yards. And last year, 
the Giants schemed Daniel Jones to run for 106 yards in the two matchups with Washington, and here comes the same Washington team. So I, I, I like Tyrod Taylor as my dart throw quarterback this week. Uh, last time we saw uh, Jordan Love as a quarterback, we have not, and I've yeah. got a question regarding him today as well because somebody wanted to know Jordan Love or Baker Mayfield. I would have to think at this point you go with Baker Mayfield. However, they are facing not a great defense that is not good against the run, and uh, this might be the coming out performance for Jordan Love. So the last time we saw him, he wasn't that good. Would you take Jordan Love or Baker Mayfield going into this weekend? Now, the, you know, you guys, you listening audience is, you know, very aware of the shortcomings that Jordan Love has. But the funny thing is, a lot of his shortcomings don't affect fantasy that much. Yeah, he's dead last in accuracy. We don't care. You know, we just want to know, are you going to connect on touchdown throws? Are you going to connect on big plays downfield? Can you run? Those are things we care about. And those are some of the things that he does better. Um, and interestingly, by the way, Bill, I, you know, I had assumed that part of the problem for Jordan Love was, and you can see him, he's, he's slow at processing, which is not uncommon for, you know, a kid making his, whatever, his seventh NFL start. Um, but I had assumed that with all the, the, the offensive line woes that a lot of the problem was he didn't have time in the pocket, but I'm looking, he actually does fourth best pass blocking green Bay by pro football focus, fifth best pass block win rate by ESPN. So that mm-hmm. really is not, has not been part of the problem here, but I love the big arm. I love the mobility and I really like the opponent. Denver allows the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks the most passing yards, the most passing touchdowns. This is a great opportunity for love. I'm, 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 I'm putting the game from two weeks ago in the rear mirror. Don't care. I'm starting him in a couple of my leagues, and I'm, I'm really optimistic here. Uh, so let me uh, get you one more here real quick because I've got this. This is from uh, Jake who says, uh, Kyron Williams or Travis Entienne starting tonight for Jacksonville. Which running back would you go with? Uh, Kyron Williams is out, so or it's fully expected not to play. He's go. probably going to miss two or three weeks, so that's it, it's really easy. Travis Etienne's and it, been a great, that was the question based great. off of him. Yeah. He he had Tony Pollard as his main running back, so he's <laughs> your three headed running back core yeah. is all banked up. You got to go with uh, Travis Etienne then, yeah. Yes, you do. Uh, so we were sitting here uh, talking a little bit earlier when we were talking about the talent that Jordan Love has to throw to, and I know you just gave some of the mm-hmm. statistics that should be positive for this team. Uh, is there anybody that you would take in fantasy as a receiver oh, yeah. from Green Bay? I, I would take uh, I would take Dobbs for sure. I, I love yeah. him this week. I'm starting him in a bunch of leagues. I'm a big believer. I think the kid's really good. Now I know he's coming off. If I recall, it was the game two weeks ago where he had like I don't know one catch in eight yards or something like that. But in totality, his season's been very strong. I mean, everything you really could have asked for from him to uh, you know coming into this coming into this year. I, th- I think the kids looked really, really good. We've seen two, two of his last three games. He had, if we go back, you know, the three, you know, the bad game last time out, week five, week three had twelve targets, week four he had thirteen targets. I mean, I'm I'm not giving up on that kid at all. Bouncing, absolutely coming back in a strong way with Romeo Dobbs. I love him. I, Dobbs, I love him this week. Uh, I've got a he's wide receiver twenty six for me. Uh, right now so maybe loves a little bit of a strong word for it but yeah really optimistic uh, this one is from Jimmy he has a question regarding Devontae Adams he said he picked him first in his draft this year and he hasn't done anything because they're not throwing in the football do you think I should tr- make a trade for Devontae Adams well Adams got Adams, this I guess what he's saying get rid of him you know the, the pro- you may want to sell now he's been dealing with the shoulder injury so they're just not throwing him the ball 
and that's been a, you know this is a huge change because he's always been a volume monster. Whether it was there in Green Bay or where it was it was in Las Vegas, you know what you could always count on is nine, ten, eleven, twelve targets every game, and it's just it's so hard to fail when you get that many cracks at it. You know that's been the big difference since the shoulder injury, and then Jimmy Garoppolo may not play this week, so just short term. If you told me you needed wins short term, I would say okay. Go ahead and make a trade for Adams. If you're okay, you're 500 or better, then let's just try to ride this thing out and not sell at a lower value proposition for Adams than he's typically been at. Uh, Steve says in the flex position with both on the injury report, would you go Tyler Lockett or Jameer Gibbs? Well, for Gibbs, okay, so we're going to wait a little while. Uh, we're going to try to find out what the status of, of uh, Craig uh, Craig Reynolds is, right? So, Detroit's not going to have David Montgomery. He's going to be out. Then Reynolds, we don't know about. We didn't know that he had finished last week's game so banged up, but he didn't practice yesterday. If Reynolds goes, then I'm not as keen on Jameer Gibbs. But if Reynolds doesn't go, Jameer Gibbs has got to like be the whole offense or the whole running game for that team. So at that point, I'm a lot more interested. And Gibbs, neither one is, as the emailer noted, neither one completely healthy here. But, yeah, that's. That's how I would approach it is I'd, I'd watch Craig Reynolds and see if he if he's going to go or not. Is anybody worth starting uh, on your fantasy team from Minnesota against the 49ers in that defense? Ooh, no, Justin Jefferson. Man. Yeah, this is, um, you know, we got a one game sample size of life without Justin Jefferson for Minnesota last week against a really bad Bears defense. And the offense generated one touchdown, ran the ball for two yards per carry, and Kirk Cousins threw for 180 yards. It was a win, but let me tell you, it was not treated like a win by this fan base. I can assure you of that. So, as we look to Monday night, you have to start TJ Hawkinson because it's a tight end wasteland and you have no choice. Uh, and Hawkinson's getting a ton of volume, and that will remain the case. Everybody else is pretty benchable. The only guy I think you're going to really consider is Cousins, who leads the league in touchdowns. Um, he's top five in completions. He's been very good, but tough matchup, obviously, 49ers. They rank number one in coverage by pro football focus. They're number one in pass rush by pro football focus. Your ray of hope here. Niners have played a very weak slate of quarterbacks, and the only Cousins-level quarterback to face the Niners, Matthew Stafford, threw for 300 yards on the touchdown. So mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got Kirk as quarterback 13 this week. So you may have somebody else on on your bench that's better this week and he's startable, but I, you, it's hard to imagine a scenario where he blows up for you know a, a, a for the kinds of games Cousins typically has against the Niners. Uh, I, I know there's a note here about Darren Waller. You start to look at some of these offenses and some of these teams Ugh. you thought were going to be good and they're not. And yeah. Darren Waller's not putting the ball in the end zone at all. He's not helping anybody. Can you continue to start him? Is anybody in New England even startable at this point? Is anybody in Denver really start? I mean, you've got a lot of teams that aren't doing anything, and you may have some of these players that are on your roster right now. You're not quite sure whether or not you should deal them. I know. Uh, Waller's been a huge problem uh, because, again, there's so few good tight ends, and you needed him to pay off. Super talented guy. It's been basically a wreck. He's tight end 16 in fantasy points. Um, I had him in my, at various times, I had him as tight going into the season as tight end four, tight end three, even tight end two. Sometimes he's running 50% more routes in the last three weeks than he did in the first three weeks, which is good. 
They seem to be making a concerted effort to get Waller the ball, which is good, and they should have been doing that to begin with. And I love the fact that he had 19 targets over the last two weeks, including seven from Tyrod Taylor, who we mentioned earlier, and I like Tyrod this week, um, including they tried the, the attempted game-winning touchdown throw was to Darren Waller, and then he got interfered with, and then the refs didn't call it, and he didn't end up pulling in the touchdown. Um, it, it all hasn't materialized to fantasy points yet, but the position's so thin, and Waller's getting a lot of use, and we know he's a good player, so we're going to stick it out with Darren Waller, sadly. What about tonight's contest as we uh, kind of wrap things up here? Because I know you only got a minute left, but what about tonight's contest? Any things we should be looking at specifically? Well, you know, we don't know that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Um, that's a, you know, that's a concern. Right. The knee injury, C.J. Beathard could be the guy. Calvin Ridley has been an absolute enigma. Two gigantic games and four terrible ones. You know, he goes up against the Saints. This was a very good secondary last year. We assume it's a good secondary this year. But here's the thing. They have faced Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, C.J. Stroud. I, you know, it, they might not be as good as they, they look on paper. Still, tricky matchup. Uh, Zay Jones has been ruled out, so that's going to free up five targets uh, or so per game. That, that Some of which could go to Ridley. Uh, but I think Ridley's one of the, the tougher calls this week in a, in a tricky matchup against a couple of good cornerbacks. So, yeah, I, this is, uh, I've got Calvin Ridley right now as wide receiver 30. Charge, always good. We're glad you're feeling even more virile this week, and uh, we will talk again oh, fantasy-wise sure. next week, okay? Very much so. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Paul Charge, you joining us for a couple of minutes, and uh, I know he's got to run, but I wanted to get into sleepers and all that kind of stuff. I just didn't have enough time. Uh, some good questions today, too, uh, although one was about a guy that's on the injured list. Uh, but nevertheless, when you're down to only a couple of running backs and everybody you have is banged up, you need some advice. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a break. I want to uh, take a break. I want to come back and I want to talk about what we heard from Matt LaFleur. I think it's something legit and I, and I do want to get into that. So stick around. Stay tuned. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there. It's Skipper Buds and it's Skipper Buds. Uh, if you have not taken your boat in yet, you are playing with fire when it comes to frost and freezing conditions and such overnight. Get it in, get it serviced, get it winterized get it cleaned up, get it wrapped, get it stored, and not have to worry about it until the sun starts to get warm come uh, April, May, and June. And uh, then pull it out of storage, you're good to go. But Skipper Buds, they have everything from new and used on sale right now because they're trying to clear out space for the inventory. That's going to be the 2024s. They're going to start coming in soon. And obviously, this is a great time to buy. They're making some really good deals. Or if you do have a boat and you want to get some service done to it and get it all winterized and ready to go so you don't have to worry about it over the winter, that is the way to go. That is Skipper Buds. Boat sales, service, and storage. Get a hold of my buddy Todd, 262-544-1200, 262-544-1200. Skipper Buds right there in people. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. 
hurry. Take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restricted supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Good to have you back. Good stuff from Charge. Good stuff from Eric Eager. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Rob Reichel is going to be joining us as well. We'll talk with him about uh, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, what ifs. And then I'll ask him about uh, some of the questions that we have been pondering today as well. Uh, So some good stuff. Uh, Thanks to everybody for chiming in uh, over on the stream as well when it came to uh, either ors and uh, fantasy football questions. I want to go back to what Matt LaFleur talked about and talked about a lot of inconsistent plays, disappointed as a play caller, no rhythm, early down execution's been bad. One game in 21 days feels like a long time since they've even played football, Uh, but it's a rejuvenated bunch. And then he, you know, a lot of the coach speak, well, we have to get better through practice, which is true. You don't knock that. That's, that's 100% true. But he kind of fell on the sword. I'm really disappointed as a play caller. I, 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 I failed. I failed. I mean, he says it a lot. And I appreciate the fact that he protects his guys. That goes a long way in a locker room. Uh, but when he talks about the execution part of it, <clears throat> when you listen to Paul Charchian talk and Eric Eager talk, And you say, look, here's the numbers. It's a good pass-blocking line. Things have not been bad. I said this last week. We talked about this. Statistically, we went through the numbers. Jordan Love is not one of the highest-sack quarterbacks in the league. He's not one of the most under-pressure quarterbacks in the league. As a matter of fact, he's one of the least quarterback pressures in the league. And yet, Matt LaFleur talks about early-down execution, inconsistent play and disappointed as a play caller. When you heard that, Grant, was there anything specific you took away from that or thought of as he stated that? Because to me, that was one of the, the the high points of what actually he said today. Matt LaFleur talking about his guys failing to execute here and there. Is that what you're talking Just about? Just a lack of inconsistent plays. Then he went on to say, I'm disappointed as a play caller. We don't have any rhythm. And then he talked about early down execution has been bad. Yeah. Um, early down execution. Well, they can't run the ball without Aaron Jones. So that's going to hurt early down execution. And then when they try to set up these little screen plays or these behind the line of scrimmage type things, they're running these plays on first down, right? To try to be in second and manageable and try to get good momentum Mm -hmm. for second and third down. And because of the offensive line and because of these young wide receivers often not being in the right spot, that's hard. So they're facing a lot of second and tens and third and longs. And Jordan Love is struggling because he's in these obvious passing situations and the defense is coming after him. So I, I agree. Matt LaFleur can can talk about execution, but you also can't call plays that you know your guys can't execute. Don't you think, Don't you think, Bill? Like, Matt yeah. LaFleur can't expect the world of these guys. They're a bunch of kids, and that needs to be factored in when he's selecting plays, especially on first down. I struggle with this so much because, on one hand, if you got to scale back your offense, and I get it, 
you want to make it easy. You want to make it simple. You want to make sure that you're a master of one and not a jack of all trades. Um, okay, but you're not moving the football. So what do you need to do? Do you need to scale it back even more and make it more vanilla, more offense 101? Because once you get to a point where it's defendable, everything's defendable. I mean, the, you know, the defense is beyond 101. Or do you say, we got to open it up and just see what guys can do? And, and so my, and I go, and the reason I bring it up is because I go back to my point when we were talking with Eric Eager, which feeds right into it of what do we know? And what we do know is we don't know. And that's when I heard that. I had to step back and think, and kind of you go through your process, and I had to step back and think, and I and I, I hear a lot of inconsistent plays, disappoint. So some are, some aren't. Disappointed as a play caller, you know. Got to put them in better positions, you know. Then he talked about scaling it back, and then being able to do certain things, and no rhythm, early down execution. Now some of that has been, you know, penalties that have put them behind the eight ball. But the one thing he didn't mention is also they're playing from behind. So all of that, it seems like if, if there's anything I take away from today's program, when we talked with Eric Eager, even to a little bit, uh, to a certain extent with Paul Charging, with the statistics he gave us about the offensive line, and now with listening to Matt LaFleur, we don't know. We, we don't know if it's the execution of the running back. We don't know if it's the execution of the line. We don't know if it's the execution of the quarterback. We don't know if it's the execution of the wide receivers, the tight ends. We don't know. And that's awful. That's a terrible place to be because I said yesterday you can throw a dart at a dartboard and pick on the problem. You can also throw a dart at a dartboard and say who needs to step up. You can also throw a dart at a dartboard and say who is actually performed at times. And you just don't know. And that's, it, that's probably why – if I had to take a guess, there's so much anxiety, if you will. And maybe that's probably not the best word for it. But there's so much anxiety when it comes to the uncertainty of the Green Bay Packers. Because you just don't know. We all know which way we're leaning. We all know we have hope. But we all know that we're holding our breath come Sunday. Because we don't know. And you're five, six games into this thing and you don't know. You still don't know what it is. Uh, maybe they find their way through the... Uh, through the storm and find an identity in week six, week seven, week eight, week nine, whatever. But I, with what I've seen, I mean, unless you suddenly start getting the young guys, and, and what's going to help is this week coming out of the bye that you at least seem to be healthy. So you got Aaron Jones, you get your playmakers, you get your offensive line, everybody's feeling good. Aaron Jones says this is as good as he's felt since the beginning of training camp, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so if you get all of that, you hope that then you begin to find your identity. If you don't, and you get it all back, and you still don't have an identity, man. that's See, that's what my fear, that's what my trepidation is right now. As I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, boy, I just don't know. So we'll talk with Rob Reichel about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour, just a couple of minutes away, about five minutes away, because you know, Rob's kind of like me. He's leaning a more, little more towards the pessimistic side than the optimistic side, only for the fact that we don't know. We don't know. And we'll talk to him about the what-ifs, what it could have showed us, and, uh, and also the question that we had, the poll question, if you were going to talk about the, the, the grading, if you will, 
of the accumulate, accumulation of talent over the last six years. We'll get into that discussion also. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, I saw Craig Every and his dad and two out of the three generations of Every Plumbing and Heating uh, serving lacrosse and Trempolo and Monroe and Vernon counties. Look, uh, there's so much that they can do. If you're looking for maybe a, a water heater replacement, they can do that. They're, they're also looking for the, a lot of the plumbing stuff, too. If you've got a renovation going on, if you've got a new build going in, and you're thinking plumbing, you're thinking heating, all of that stuff, they can help you out. They can help you out. Not only have they hired some good people, and they're still hiring, by the way, because they continue to grow, but they do so much. And there's service calls and such right now that you can – you know, certainly, uh, you know, be a part of and say, hey, I want to get my furnace checked before the really cold months get here and the cold weather gets here. But there's so much to be able to uh, to look at when it comes to your business, your home, construction, reconstruction, whatever it happens to be, renovation. That's for our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating right there in La Crosse, actually on Alaska to be specific. 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. And uh, they are hiring as well. But through Trempolo, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson Counties, and La Crosse. That's our friends from Every Plumbing and Heating. And good to see them. And good to meet them face-to-face last night out at Flipside Pub and Grill. What a, what a spectacular time we had and what a great place. Rob Reichel, next to the Bill Michael Show. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you, the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Good to have you today. Um, we've been talking a lot about uh, this Packers team coming out of the bye week, uh, what you're hoping to see, and a lot of just unknown at this point. And uh, great to have Eric Eager on earlier today uh, from Sumer Sports, formerly uh, Pro Football Focus Sports. And he kind of broke it down about what he would do. But he said the worst thing in the world you can possibly have with this team right now is to not know by the end of the season. You just don't know. you got to know something. And right now, I don't think we really know, you know. So uh, talk a little bit more about it. We bring in our guy, uh, Rob Reichel, making a return trip to the program, uh, who also had written some stuff about uh, what coulda, woulda, shoulda, that type of thing. Rob, how you doing today, man? Rob, you there? Hear me, Bill? There we go. Now we got you. How you doing today, man? Usually it's my wife who only cuts me off on these conversations, Bill. So. <laughs> I, I, uh, I am great. You, How are you doing? I'm doing good. Do you um, – let me see here. How do I put this? I, I, I look at this team and I say offensively to the eyeball test it looks bad. But you start to look at statistics and Jordan Love's not under duress – and he's not getting sacked a lot, and sometimes, and sometimes not, the receivers run good or bad routes, and sometimes he's on target, sometimes he's not. I, you know, I, I, I listen to Matt LaFleur, and it's like, we just don't know yet. There's there's nothing that's fluid to this team yet. And there's As he put it, there's nothing to hang your hat on right now, right? Yeah, I think that that's more than fair, I, and, and, and I'll 
say the same thing I really said all summer. This isn't a surprise. I, I expected kind of the first half of the season to go like this um, with with first and second year wideouts running all over the field with, with rookie tight ends. With you know, we, we expected the offensive line probably to have more stability than it's had. That that is that has been you know a revolving door up in up in front of Jordan Love, and then and then really honestly, Bill, I I think the biggest thing is just the absence of Aaron Jones. Who's, who's only played 48 snaps, uh, you know, up until this point of, of over a potential 300 that they've had on, on offense. That, that's just not that, that you know, the, the, the offense is just obviously dramatically different with Jones on the field. I, I know it's a small sample bill, but they scored 38 in week one with him. And in the four games since then, where he's largely missed, I mean, he, he did, he did have a few snaps in week four, but you know, for the most part, uh, those four games, he did not did not play or play much. They're averaging about 19 points a game, so it's about a two to one difference. And um, again, the 38 against Chicago might be an aberration because that defense was so bad. Uh, but but th- without question, they are they are extremely different with Aaron Jones. You know, they're averaging, I think it's about two thirds of of a yard more when they run the ball, two and a half yards more per passing play when he's on the field. So they should have him on Sunday, Bill. Maybe you start to get a few answers there. But like you kind of referred to here in the opener, I, I think far and away the number one objective of what the 2023 season is about for the Green Bay Packers is, is finding out if Jordan Love is and, and can be the guy moving forward. And, and roughly a third of the way through the season, Bill, I, I still don't think we know that answer, not even close. Coming into the game against Denver, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say familiarity, but there's just a lot of uh, back and forth because could he or could he have not ended up in, in Denver as opposed to New York playing for the Jets and should the Packers have traded him away and what would they have done with those picks and on and on and on. I mean, you kind of took a look at that and thought about how maybe different things would be had something different happen instead of Russell Wilson going to Denver. Yeah, the he you're obviously referring to there is Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and I thought it was kind of a really fascinating thing to write this week leading into the Denver game, Bill. You know, Rodgers, you know, after both the 20 and 21 season kind of squawked and was loud and held out and missed time and what wasn't sure if he'd come back to Green Bay or not. And Denver was one of the major suitors in, in, in both in both times, obviously most recently in the offseason after the 2021 campaign when – you know, you remember that was the year Green Bay had the 13-10 loss to San Francisco in the playoffs. And you kind of felt, Bill, at least I did, and I think a lot of fans did as well, that that, that was the end of, of maybe the run for that group. They had gotten old in some spots. Salary cap was a beast, et cetera, et cetera. That it might have been the perfect time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And, and Denver had just hired Nathaniel Hackett to be to be its head coach and, 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 and made several overtures about acquiring Aaron Rodgers at that point in time. Well, Brian Gutekunst opted, obviously, not to make the trade at that point in time. Seattle and, and Denver made the trade a short time later, and, and, and we all know how that worked out. Seattle gets two ones, two twos. Um, they got a mid-round pick in, the, in, in that deal, and they got three players, including you know a tight end that still starts there and the backup quarterback. Um, and and they moved on from, from Russell Wilson, and they got one of the greatest draft capital halls that we've seen in this league since Herschel Walker, Bill, and, and they seem to have taken full advantage. They got a Pro Bowl uh, caliber left tackle out of it at the, the number nine pick in 2022. They got what might be the best cornerback in the draft this year uh, in the 2023, and, and they kind of sped up, Bill, there. You know, they didn't have to necessarily rebuild after trading Russell Wilson because all that draft capital kind of helped them reload and restock. 
you look now, Brian Gutekunst waited a year before he traded Aaron Rodgers then. He eventually traded him to the Jets. He's going to wind up getting two second-round picks and a first-round pick swap deal by waiting those extra 12 months. And, and what did he get for those 12 months? He got an 8-9 eight, eight season uh, last year where the team fell short of the playoffs for the first time in the Matt LaFleur era. Uh, had, a, had a remarkably disappointing season, and he got still, uh, let, let's call it 40% of the draft capital that he would have gotten had he made the trade a year earlier with Denver. So the, the, the piece I wrote, Phil, I examined just a little bit, you know, how Green Bay would be in far better, uh, a far better situation today if uh, Gutekunst had made that trade to Denver instead of waiting a year and making the trade to the Jets, and that the Broncos would be much better too because Rodgers would have been reunited with Hackett, Rodgers is a better player, you know, undoubtedly than Russell Wilson. You know, I think Seattle Bill is is what they were five and twelve last year, and they're one and five this year. So they're six and seventeen since that trade. I can promise you, if Aaron Rodgers was under center, they wouldn't be six and seventeen. They probably wouldn't have fired so many people and and swapped away and traded away a bunch of their assets for nothing here in recent weeks. Denver Denver's entire organization would be in better shape. So kind of the the trade that wasn't, Bill, as you look back on history, uh, I think both parties would love to go back in time and, and, and have a do-over and make that trade. Um, I, we were talking earlier today, and I started this yesterday. Uh, we were asking about Brian Gutekunst, who was pretty emphatic during the offseason, saying that there's talent here, the defense needs to put more pressure, yada, yada, yada. And then you go through and look at the draft choices that he's had. Six years' worth. Now, this year, obviously, the jury's out. But when you start to look at this, and I go back and use the phrase that Matt LaFleur said, what do you have to hang your hat on? And we keep asking, is it is the, is it the coaching? Is the coaching just that off? Is it that bad? Does Joe Barry need to go? Or do you start to look at this and go, I don't know if the talent level is there. Bill, I think they've got players. They're, they're, they're just young. And I, and I think, and, and again, I, I am never one to use injuries as an excuse. I, I think it's nonsense. But there, there, there is no question. They, they, you know, they lost one of their five to ten best players at left tackle for the season. They haven't really had Aaron Jones on the field yet. So some of these answers, I, I think we're waiting on. Um, Bill, I, I will say this: I think the coaching has been subpar. I think Brian Gutekunst overall has done a reasonably decent job. And I, and I think, I, I think Bill, if, if it's not going to happen after 2023, it would happen after 2024. I believe that they start making some real major changes in that organization. But I think Brian Gutekunst would probably survive. I, I think he would get – I would think he, he would get a chance to, to pick another head coach. My guess, Bill, is if this continues to go south, there'll be fall guys along the way after after the season. They, it'll be a Joe Barry. It'll be an Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator. Um, I think Matt LaFleur comes back in 2024, Bill, unless this thing – just completely snowballs and they're three and 14 or something like that and lose 14 in a row or whatever, like the Chicago bears did before beating Washington a couple weeks ago. I, I think Matt's back in, in 2024 bill, but if, but if they miss the playoffs again, and, and I would certainly think that seems quite probable at this point in time, there's 11 teams in the NFC right now, bill that have better records than the green Bay Packers. I mean, and again, I know we're only five games in, but, but they're not off to the start that they wanted against a reasonably soft schedule. Um, but I, I think, Bill, if, if, you know, Matt would survive, but he'd come back into 2024, and, you know, when you, when you start talking about the coaches around the league that are on a hot seat, Matt's name would be near the top of that list. 
Uh, let me ask you the positives and the negatives. If they go in and they get a good solid win, say 30-17, they knock off Denver, uh, there's one way to feel, or God forbid they get beat by Denver, it looks very similar to what we saw out in Vegas, not able to move the football, behind the sticks, playing behind in the score, the defense plays okay, good enough to win, but they can't put anything together. Those two scenarios, on one hand, if they win and they win with a little bit of style points, do you feel better? Or do you just say, ah, they got to win against a bad team? And if they should lose, do we look at it as, oh, my goodness, the wheels are now starting to fall off the train? Yeah, I, I, Bill, if they, if they lose this game, there, there's no doubt the wheels are gone. I mean, if, if, if you can't beat this team that's giving up 33.5 points a game, that gave up 70 to Miami, that gave up 700 yards to, to the Miami Dolphins three, four weeks ago. And I, I know Miami's got one of the most potent offenses we've seen in you know, really a generation, Bill. Um, but if but if Green Bay can't get something done against that group, and again, it's it's an it's an organization that they won't come out and obviously say it, but 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 it's pretty clear as Denver continues to to auction off parts that they're they're playing for Caleb Williams at this point in time. They're they're fine going two and fifteen, three and fourteen, um, and and Sean Payton's fine starting it all over and rebuilding. You know, with 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 what he probably believes is is the next Patrick Mahomes. But if Green Bay can't go in there, Bill and get something positive done. I mean, you're, you're talking about a team that's dead last in yards, dead last in points per game, dead last in run defense. I mean, so even Green Bay, which hasn't been able to run the ball, should be able to run the ball come Sunday. I mean, Denver's 30th in pass, and, you know, that that that, that should put a big smile on Jordan Love's face as he's, as he's been, you know, be, he played D-level football the last three games. Um, Bill, if, if, Bill, if they can't get something done against these guys, um, and, and win a game then and, and probably do it like you said with a little bit of style. Honestly, Bill, this game should resemble week one to me. It, it, it should look a lot like what they were able to go down and do in Chicago. They've had, you know, they've had a couple of weeks by the time they get on the field from, from, their, from their last game, the Monday nighter uh, against the Raiders. Matt LaFleur has had plenty of time to prepare and, and get things organized from an offensive uh, standpoint here the first half should not be as ugly as we've become accustomed to seeing the last last three games when they're averaging two points a game uh in in, in the first half um top to bottom bill this should be a team they go in and absolutely dominate the throttle um i'm taking the 34 20 real similar to week one against chicago it's it, it, it's the healthiest green bay has been since week one and, and kind of like you outlined there, Billy, if, if, if they can't get it done against Denver, you start to scratch your head and say, who can they get it done against? No no doubt, man, no doubt. Good stuff as always, Rob. Thanks for breaking it down. And uh, they can read your stuff, Forbes.com, covering the Packers for a long time. And uh, we will touch, uh, touch base with you soon, okay? All right, always fun. Thanks, Bill. Always good, buddy. Thanks, Rob. There you go. Rob Reich was joining us for a couple of minutes. And uh, he's got him actually putting up 30-plus. So I'll I'll say that yeah, that's I'm hoping for that I'd take that in a heartbeat. Then at least you get uh, that okay, maybe the train's back on the track a little bit type of uh, reprieve. So I'll, I'll go with that. I'll I'll take his optimism. I like it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Cunis K U N E S Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer and voted the best by the way by you, not by anybody else in the industry by you. That's Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Whether it's uh, right now storage, winterization, whatever it happens to be, or if you're just looking for a great deal at the year end, now is the time. Check it out. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restricted supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 10:31:20:20. I know we're coming into the non-golf playing season, but uh, if you are looking for a place to get your swing on. And maybe hone it, keep it, work on it. Maybe next year will be a better year. Uh, we've got uh, Lux Golf Bays down in Franklin, Wisconsin. L-U-X-E, Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, Wisconsin. If you're in the Milwaukee area and the five-county area, it's a great place. Heated tees, which is awesome. Uh, they've got televisions. You can watch sports. You can check out your swing. You can analyze club head speed. You can see everything. And uh, they've got a bar. They've got food. Uh, you can make it an all-day event if you want to. That's Lux Golf Bays, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com down in Franklin, Wisconsin. Really, really uh, a, a terrific place, and it's a lot of fun. And we've done a couple of Friday nights where we just had nothing to do, so we went down there, and all of us just swung some golf clubs and got some food, had some wings and uh, you know other, other stuff and some beverages and just had a great time. So Lux Golf Bays down in Franklin, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> David says, at this point, the Green Bay Packers are like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get. Others feel that this is a, an opportunity, as Joe says, for a perfect opportunity statement game. Statement game in this contest. By the way, the uh, the poll question over on Twitter right now, almost 400 votes. Uh, looking at the talent that's been acquired over the last six years, how would you grade Packers general manager Brian Gutekinds? Uh 11.6% of you say great. 63.8% of you say average, 18.5 say below average, and 6.2% say poor. So the majority feel like it's average at best. So there you go. Just uh, keep going and keep checking in uh, over on the uh, over on the page. Um, this is this is uh, Jack who said, uh, I think the Packers get beat in this game, and then we are all left wondering what next. If they get beat, does that put Matt LaFleur on the hot seat? Not that I want to see him fired, but what are your thoughts? First of all, no. I, I don't think it, it – again, it, it with Matt LaFleur, okay, 
If they keep losing and the, the, the points aren't great, so to speak, when it comes to everything that they have in the defense, if they don't rise up through the ranks and statistics and such, then you can say, okay, there's going to be a change. If the offensive line doesn't look good, there'll be a change. If the offense doesn't operate great, probably a change. But as far as the head coach goes, I've said it before. You, I would have to believe that Matt LaFleur would have one more year to get it right unless, unless the team quits. Looks as if they've just given up. And then that's when you could say, okay, you got you got to make a change. But then, like Rob Reichel said, then you're going into next season on the hot seat. And the one thing you don't want, you it, this would be, you it's tough to go out and find coordinators or coaches knowing that the head coach is on the hot seat. I mean, everybody wants a job. Everybody wants to move up. Everybody wants to put their stamp on something, okay? And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to work in this organization and and find a niche here. But um, I don't know. It, you, if, if you're going into the next season kind of, quote, on the hot seat, what do you start looking for, you know? Who's going to want to come and jump into that situation? That's another side of side story to all of this. Good stuff. Hey, one thing that I have, and I think Roger Goodell, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things people say about Roger Goodell, and I've said a lot of it too, but this idea is absolutely the effing worst, and it just pisses me off. I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.